have you been this week? Good. Good. Who's been good? Who's been busy? Yeah. Yeah. Who's been flat tack? Anyone beyond busy? <laughs> Me, I've been busy. One of the things that I've been challenged um, in the last wee while um, is about making room for the important stuff. Um, Probably even to about halfway through last year, if you were to ask me um, how I'm doing, uh, my default, just because of the, the way life goes sometimes, is I'd say I am busy. I am flat tech. Um, and um, got to about halfway through last year, and um, God started working on me that uh, maybe I've been busy with the wrong stuff, right? Because, like, um, for me personally... I spend a lot of my time, who's a, who's a list maker? Who makes lists? Have you ever noticed that the list never disappears? Have you, have you always noticed that, uh, like my wife, my wife cheats when it comes to lists. What she does is she'll write down everything that she's already done up until this point, um, and then adds a couple of things at the end so that she can like cross off everything that she's done already. <laughs> feel better about life. If I feel can. better about life. It's like, oh my goodness, look at these <laughs> things. It's like the anti-list, you know? Um, but um, for me, um, because of the way my life works, uh, I, I work as a chaplain, uh, I work as a, a, a bit of a youth worker in town, I work as uh, a pastor, uh, I work as a relief teacher, um, I've occasionally been a, a, a beekeeper, uh, and by that I mean I was the forks on the forklift um, in the middle of nowhere, which was pretty cool, um, and, and a bunch of other stuff. So, so hear me when I say, like, man, my life is busy. But one of the things that God's been talking to me about over the last uh, wee while is actually, may, maybe I'm filling my life um, with the stuff that's not really that important. Maybe I'm, I'm filling my life and, and, and becoming busy and getting weighed down on, on stuff that God doesn't actually really, like, it might be important to other people. It might even be important to me on, on one level. Uh, but when it comes down to it, like, um, it's not really that important to God. Like, um, I think at the end of the day, right, God's not really too upset if my shoe rack's not organized. Which is good, because my shoes are thrown at the shoe rack. Um, most of the time I forget that I have a shoe rack. But for my, my loving wife... You know, putting the shoes in the place that they have been assigned cause, causes marital harmony. <laughs> and putting shoes beside the couch like I do every week to the point that there's six pairs of shoes because I wore six pairs of shoes that week and they're all in the same place on the couch, uh, beside the couch, does not cause marital harmony. No, it does not. <laughs> but have you ever noticed that when, um, when you get busy and when things become urgent... Uh, some of the really important stuff actually goes by the wayside. So some of the most important stuff goes by the wayside. Um, for Shannon and I, one of the things that we chatted about at the end of last year is that um, for this year, we wanted to focus a bit more on family. Because like, at the end of the day, family is really important to us. But as a result of some of the other stuff that was going on in our lives, um, even though it was important, unless Charlie or Asher were kicking and screaming, having the tantrum, like throwing toys, all, the, all of that stuff, they didn't always get the attention that we, wanted to, that we wanted to give them or we were able to give them. So we realized that 
and busyness actually meant that the stuff that was important in our lives had sort of got out of whack. So what I wanted to do today is, um, if I'm going down this busyness road and trying to figure out what's important, I'm, I'm taking you all with me, all right? If I'm going to feel challenged and convicted by this, um, you guys are going to go on my journey and my pain, and um, this is not spiritual manipulation or abuse, this is hopefully helpful to people. Um, where um, What I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to give some spiritual principles and some practical tips, okay? See, because the thing is, is if we operate too long and pour out a, 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 so much of our energy into stuff that's not important to us and not important to God, what it actually is, is it's a recipe for burnout. What it is, is that eventually we'll come to a point that we're pouring out all our energy into something that we don't really care about, which is called stress. And so this is what I wanted to do. Last, last week we talked about making room for others. So it's important that we make room for others in our lives. There always needs to be room for one more person. For this week, we're actually going to talk about making room for Jesus. Okay? So I guess at the end of the day, the question that I want to ask you is, how are you going with that? And uh, I've already seen smiles. There's already conviction happening here in the, fr in the front. No, um, <laughs> Shannon's crying. Do you want a tissue, darling? Yeah, you can. No, it's, how are you going with that? How are you going with making room for Jesus in your life? Is he the center of everything that you do? Is he over on the periphery? Is he as close to your most important thing as what you want him to be? Because at the end of the day, it's not really about busyness. It's about our priorities, eh? Shane, can I get you to shut that door? Or just one of them? Otherwise, that's going to happen a lot. See, the thing is, at the end of the day, is that Jesus actually made us a priority. He made us uh, um, actually one of his top priorities. In fact, just before he... Um, so this is one of the last um, passages, one of the things that he's doing for the disciples before he goes to the cross. And so we're in March now, we're heading towards April, we're heading towards Easter. And this is one of the last passages that Jesus talks to, and he's comforting the disciples about him leaving. He's not even really focusing on the stuff that's to come. But it says, John 14, verse 1 to 3. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. So in and amongst Jesus' to-do list, which includes resurrection, conquering death, uh, a crucifixion, conquering death, resurrection, he's also making a place for us that we can hang out. I mean, I'd, I'd argue that Jesus was potentially too busy to do that in that particular, that particular time, but this was such a high priority for him that there would be room for us where he was going. So Jesus makes room for us. He prioritizes us. He loves us. And not only does he prioritize us, he prioritizes us even higher than death, even higher than being with his father. Because the thing is, is that that was the thing that he sacrificed. And so here's my question then. How much room have I made for Jesus in my life? Uh, on the left-hand side and the right-hand side, these are not my... Um, I've just taken these off Google, so when you see pottery class on the left-hand side, that's not actually a high priority for me. I've stolen it from someone else's lifestyle. All right. 
But when we grow up, we've got all these expectations and all these things that we're wanting to actually achieve. And like, it would be pretty easy to fill an A4 page, hey? Like it, like it just would be. On the right-hand side, I don't know about you, but I'll occasionally um, go through a calendar time. Jacob um, come in on Friday and tried to unpack my calendar. Um, he's probably got less dates on his calendar than he had before as a result of my calendaring. But um, we schedule stuff. So here's my question. How much room do you have for Jesus in your life? What room are you making for him? And then secondly, does he have access to every area in your life? Okay? So this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk briefly about... I wanted to, Actually, I wanted to talk about Jesus having access to every area. And then I wanted to give you, or at least this is what I felt to do, which is interesting, is I wanted to talk about sort of two or three principles around how to organize our lives. Okay? Um, so that's what we're going to do. So does he have access to every area? In 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your body is the temple? Some of us have larger temples than others. I'm currently going through a building project. Um, <laughs> expansion offering. <laughs> no, um, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary? Some of us have better looking temples than others. Some of us have room for activities, okay? Um, that your body is the temple of the, the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God. So we actually host and carry the presence of God. We host the Holy Spirit. So again, how much room have we given him? Does he have uh, the largest part of who we are as a person? Or does he have the granny flat that's out the back? Jacob's tiny home. Just park it up. And then if you want to, you can park it around the corner so that people can't see your ugly granny flat. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Jacob's tiny house is potentially amazing because I haven't seen it because I'm a terrible freak. All right, moving on. So there's all these areas. Now, I've taken um, a couple of these things from a Joyce Meyer blog post. Okay, So Joyce Meyer, I really like. Um, this is actually her idea. Um, but I just wanted to have something for us to have a framework to talk about, okay? <laughs> so when you become a Christian, something truly amazing happens. God comes to live inside your heart. You become the home of God's presence. So your body's a temple. One of the things about being at home is that you should feel comfortable there. And since we're the home of Christ, we need to make sure that he's comfortable in us. We need to do it because we love him and we honor him. Because if he's not comfortable, then we can't be comfortable. Do you ever experience a discomfort in your spirit? If so, ask yourself, is there something in my life that's making God uncomfortable? See, if we're going to really live the Christian life, we need to give God the access to every area of our life, every room in our house. And when God asks us to surrender the things in the rooms of our heart, we need to get excited because something greater is coming. We need to say, God, I give you free reign because I know you are good and you love me and wouldn't ask me to give up something if it wasn't for my benefit. Jesus paid a tremendous price for us to have a joyful, peaceful life and he doesn't want to see us miserable. Here are some rooms that we may need to give him access to. The study or the library. So that's 
our mind. What kind of things take up your mind? What kind of things do you think about? The more you think of something, the more it becomes a part of you. In fact, your thoughts set the course for your life. God knows what we're thinking, so we should probably be thinking about stuff that he wants us to think, things that are noble, pure, trustworthy, admirable, Philippians 4.8 type stuff. And remember, you can choose what you think about. So when the devil tries to interject thoughts in your minds, you don't have to just take them. You can go, no, that's not from God. No, that's, I don't accept that. It's actually okay to argue with yourself and with the thoughts that are going on inside your head. What about the dining room? Our desires. We need to come to a point where we can say, God, I only want what you want. And if I'm asking for something that you don't want me to have, then don't give it to me. Our desires can cause the biggest problems in our life, especially when they're out of whack and out of kilter with what God's plan for us is. But God wants us to be happy for others when they're blessed and trust that he'll do what is best for us right at the time. It's especially hard when other people get what we want. What about the living room? Your friends. Who are your friends? Who are you hanging out with? I'm talking here about the people you spend your time with and those you open your heart to. Does your conversation put a smile on God's face or does it grieve him? Get together with people who love the word of God and be creative with how you help others. Because there's one thing for sure. When you take your mind off yourself and start blessing someone else, you'll be happier than you've ever been. What about your workroom, your workplace? It's your legacy. It's what you're building. Are you bearing good fruit or are you just taking up space? See, when we work and in our workplaces, we need to uh, work with excellence and integrity because... Um, if people know that we're Christ followers, they'll be um, lining us up. They'll be trying to figure out what we're doing and how we're operating and genuinely think that that's the way that Christ operates. When you choose not to gossip at work, waste company time or participate in things that wouldn't please them, then you honour God. Remember, we need to do what's right because it's right even when no one's looking. God is always with us. What about our recreation room? So our entertainment, how are we choosing what we do with our recreational time? There's nothing wrong with having a good time, but our choices also need to honour it. Likewise, we need to be careful about how much time we devote to entertainment. If entertainment is our entire life, then we're potentially not operating in the calling that God's put us into. It's not that you can't have any fun. You just need to choose what's best for you and is pleasing to God. Finally, this is, uh, what about those hidden places? <laughs> the cupboards, the closets, the attics, the basements, the garages. See, there's hidden things in our life um, that aren't pleasing to God. For some of us, we might, put a, we might put away the odd old attitude or old characteristic about our lives. For me, it's sarcasm. If I'm not doing well in my life, the first thing that comes out is sarcasm. It's something that I seem to shove away in the attic because it's like, oh, just wait until I'm feeling particularly salty and sarcasm will rear its ugly head. Uh, ugly head. Not ugly head. I didn't mean to look at you and say ugly head. I'm so sorry. That was, you're beautiful. 
<laughs> this is Ed just over here, just by the way. <laughs> See, God deals with their stuff, but sometimes we hold on to it just in case we might need it again. Even after we officially give things up, sometimes we put it somewhere in the back closet of our life just in case we wanted to have just one more pity party, just one more go around, just one more of what it used to feel like. See, the thing is, is that I really, I'm not comparing God to, to any of the decluttering people or anything like that, um, I, I think they wouldn't line up to him at all. But sometimes the stuff that we hold on to, that we hold on to far longer than God wants us to. And so the really great thing is, is that once we start to deal with the hidden things in our life, then it really honours God and he'll honour us as a result of that. So here's my question then, will you make him welcome in every room of your house? Okay. So that's the, that's the rooms, all right? Here's the second thing that I wanted to talk about. It's really interesting. Is this whole idea of busyness versus priority. Um, Stephen Covey um, talks about um, not sacrificing the important on the altar of the immediate. There's certain um, habits or practices that if we do them, will take us to another level. Maybe it's in our leadership, our spiritual life, or our health. But have you ever noticed that the most important things we can do often get left behind in the ever-growing list of busy work or mindless distractions in our world today? For example, for me, I know working out is important. Like, I know working out is important. I know that eating healthy is important. I know that both of these things are important. I know that as a result of working out and eating healthily, my life will be longer, meaning that I'll be more effective. Like, I know this. I know it'll help sustain me and give me energy. You know, for me personally, I find it one of the hardest things to prioritize into my schedule. It's not the fact that I'm busy, it's the fact that I just don't prioritize it. Now, I'm not the master of this solution. But um, there's, a, there's a couple of things that... Um, that we can do that would actually be really helpful. Okay? The first thing that we can do is we can schedule our priorities. See, our life is only ever going to have 24 hours a day in it, like it only does. One of the things that really spins me out is that some of the greatest minds and the greatest people in the world have the exact same amount of time every day that I do. Like everyone has the exact same amount of time that we do. So it's not actually, a, and a lot of those people are probably far busier than we'll ever be. But actually, the way that they live their lives is as a result of prioritizing what's important in their life. And so for us, if we know what's the most important thing, then we know how we can operate out of it. You're going to have a never-ending to-do list. There's always something else to put on your schedule. There's always one more thing that needs to be done. Facebook or Instagram will always be there needing to be checked. Let's make a practice to sit down and write down... Um, a list of things that we need to accomplish that may not be urgent, but are important. Let's schedule our priorities. Let us know what the most important things in our life are. Otherwise, the urgent is going to control our life. Once we know what our biggest priorities are, once we know what our number one in our life is, then we can actually say no 
as a result of those things. So if Jesus is the most important thing in my life, then I can actually say no to a whole bunch of other stuff because that's the filter through which I live my life. Sometimes you have to say no to good things in order to say yes to the best. Eventually, even with the best prioritizing strategy, you will run out of time. So we sacrifice the important on the altar of the urgent. Kerry Newhoff is a Christian leadership guy. Talks about, um, he doesn't work, use the word busy anymore. What he does is he figures out what his priorities are. And when people come to him with stuff, have you noticed that people come to you with their biggest priority, not your biggest priority? When people come to you with stuff, you can actually tell them, look, it's not, it's, you can't say I'm too busy. Sorry, Laurie, I can't catch up. I'm too busy for a coffee. That tells me that I don't value Laurie. But if I go, hey, I'm so sorry, it's, it's, I've got some other priorities this week then that actually says that there's other stuff that I find important. So it's not the fact that it's not too busy, it's the fact that it's not a priority right now. How you spend your time, how you spend your money, what you make room for in your life reveals what you value. So what can I do? So here's a... So I just wanted to do... Um. So if we're not making room for Jesus, if we're not saving room for Jesus, then what are we filling our life with? Um, I've got this video uh, next... Uh, Next slide, which is actually a really cool video, and it's one that's um, used all the time. Um, but the reason I wanted to show you this today, and I actually think I'll finish with this, is that we actually choose what the biggest things in our life are. We actually choose what the most, urge, uh, what the most important things in our life are, and as a result of that, we choose what fills our life. And so there's this really old, um, it's actually a really old uh, analogy, and it's a time management analogy called the rocks, the pebbles, and the sand story. Sometimes called the rocks, the pebbles, the sand, and the water story. But anyway, um, I just wanted to show you this, and then I'll just um, finish it off. There's a well-known story about a university professor who wanted to make a point about how we make the most of our time. The professor stood before his class with some began, without speaking, he picked up a large empty jar and proceeded to fill it with rocks about two inches in diameter. He then asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed that it was full. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar. He shook the jar lightly and watched as the pebbles rolled into the open areas between the rocks. The professor then asked the students again if the jar was full. They chuckled and agreed that it was indeed full this time. Sand and poured it into the jar. The sand filled the remaining open areas of the jar. Now, said the professor, I want you to recognize that this jar signifies your life. The rocks are the truly important things, such as family, health, and relationships. If all else was lost and only the rocks remained, your life would still be meaningful. The pebbles are the other things that matter in your life, such as work or school. The sand signifies the remaining small stuff and material possessions. If you were to put sand into the jar first, there is no room for the 
rocks or the pebbles. The same can be applied to your lives. If you spend all your time and energy on the small stuff, you will never have room for the things that are truly important. Pay attention to the things in life that are critical to your happiness and well-being. Take time to look after your health, play with your children, go for a run, write a letter to your grandmother. There will always be time to go to work, clean the house or watch TV. Take care of the rocks first. The things that really matter set your priorities. The rest is just pebbles and sand. So here's my, um, here's my thought, okay? And it's a spiritual principle. Uh, Jesus asked us to, to make him the cornerstone, the, the, the thing by which we me- measure everything else in our lives. And if we don't do that, if we fill our lives with things that are maybe not so, um, not so important or are more urgent, or we fill our lives with um, sand, like the stuff that's just like entertaining and, um, and filler stuff, then as a result of that, we'll never have room for Jesus. As a result of that, um, we'll actually miss out on something that could be the most uh, life-giving and enriching thing that we can, we can have. Um, it's true for our time. It's true for our finances, it's true for our resource, it's true for our giftings. See, if Jesus, is in our, if Jesus is in our rock in our lives, then when it comes to our giftings, we'll actually pour out our giftings in other areas first. If Jesus is in, a, is in our rock in our finances, then as a result of that, we'll never have, um, it'll just be the leftovers and the scraps. So, um, Ephesians... 2 verse 19 to 22 says this Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God So we're not on the outside we're actually on the inside and what we do and being a part of this community is actually integral to who we are So we're part of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building is being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So if Jesus isn't that cornerstone, if he isn't the thing that we're measuring everything else by, then we're building something else that's not a temple. It could be an entertainment arcade. It could be the world's best restaurant. It could be, I don't know, a pub. I don't know. But actually, at the end of the day, Jesus has to be at the center of everything that we do, or otherwise we're measuring by someone else's standard. Otherwise, we're measuring by the world's standard. See, the cornerstone back in the day, that was like a perfectly created block by which everything else was measured. It was like the peak in the sand. That was, that was how they built in those days. In an arch, the cornerstone was actually the bit at the top that held the arch together. If you pulled the cornerstone out, everything would fall apart. So here's my question then again. Are you making room for Jesus? How important is he in your life? Um, at the end of the day, this is probably the most important time management thing that I ever learned. And I know it sort of feels like um, I know it sort of feels like I'm doing a TED talk with a memory verse. But actually, this is for someone here today because I got very, very clearly told. Talk about time management, talk about making Jesus the center and make sure that you challenge people around Jesus being the cornerstone. For me, this is something that's actually been really great for me. You see how you've got, um, uh, you've got urgent, not urgent, important, not important. And so you've un- in top left corner, 
okay? You've got stuff which is urgent and stuff which is important. This is the house on fire stuff. Oh my goodness, we should have done it earlier, now we have to do it right now, okay? If, um, if people come four minutes, people are coming for tea four minutes and you find out four minutes before they come for tea, you're in a crisis and an emergency because you need to feed them, you need to make sure your house is clean, the house is on fire at the moment, okay? Um, so that's stuff that's important and urgent. So that's crisis and emergency. Stuff that's not urgent, but it's important. This is the stuff at the end of the day that we should be actually doing all of the time. This is our vision casting. This is where do you want to be in 10 years? This is what do you want your family to look like? This is how we're going to live our life week to week. This stuff here, prevention, oh, prevention, uh, planning and improvement. This is the vision casting stuff. If you spend your whole life running from fire to fire to fire, which is how we sort of felt like we were spending our life at the end of last year. You don't actually have enough time to do stuff like planning. You don't have enough time to pray. You don't have enough time to spend time in the Word because you're running from emergency to emergency to emergency. Down here is probably stuff that we spend a lot of our time. Um, anyone who's a mum, anyone who's a dad, anyone that has children under the age of 50, have experienced this at one stage or another. Stuff which is not necessarily important, but is urgent. Mom, I don't know where my teddy is! I don't know where it is, it's gone! It's urgent. But at the end of the day, unless they're going to sleep right at that very second, and that's the one sole item that they need in order to achieve the sleep that they need, it's maybe not that important. It could be that phone call, it could be that Facebook message, it could be that Instagram. At the end of the day, it's actually an interruption. How much of our lives are spent being interrupted by the stuff that we're actually called to do? Down in quarter four, my favourite. This is my favourite quarter. This is the quarter that I would live in. Without Jesus, this is where I'd be right now. Time wasting. <laughs> Um, if you want to put it a different way, so stuff that's not urgent and not important, at the end of the day, um, you guys don't care about my gamer score. Uh, you guys don't care about how many kills I've had in Fortnite. Um, you probably don't care about what skins I have even. Some of you are going, what is skins? Uh, ask one of the young people, because I don't play that game. Alright. But there's this stuff that we can fill our life with, which is actually, at the end of the day, just a time waster. It's escapism. It's stuff that can take us off the immediate. But at the end of the day, it's not actually doing anything. Most of us live our lives here, firefighting, or being interrupted all the time, doing stuff that's not important, but urgent, or time wasting. As a result of us living in these three, these three areas, we don't actually have time for the most important stuff in our lives. If, it, like, if you're wanting to live a life of significance, if you're wanting to live a life that's effective, if you want to live a life that's Christ-like, you notice that um, Jesus lived here? Do you notice that he was interruptible, but only for the stuff that was around people? People who needed healing, people who needed hope, People who needed encouragement. So at the end of the day, because of what his values were, he valued people above almost everything else. The stuff that was interruption was actually living here as well. At the end of the day, there were very few crises and emergencies in the life that Jesus lived. 
There was very few. Even the crucifixion, he was like, there was stuff that happened on the way to the crucifixion around people that was actually, yeah. I genuinely don't see Jesus wasting time at all. He separated himself for he separated himself for a time. So here's my deal. I'm going to finish with this. How you spend your time, how you spend your money, what you make room for in your life reveals what you value, what your rocks are, what your pebbles are, what your sand are, what your sand is. How important and urgent is Jesus in your life? How is he a rock? Is he a pebble? Does he just fill in the gaps of the sides? So as a result, for some of us, and this is one of the things that I've been working through, is that um, over the last um, few months and stuff like that, there's been this kind of like this rejigging of like my life and my priorities and what's important. Um, and one of the things that happens is that stuff which I thought was important is actually urgent and is an interruption, and stuff that should be important has been lower on the priority scale. So as a result of that, I've had to go through this process where I'm actually changing what my priorities are. People is very high, very high on my priority list. Jesus is high on my priority list. Schoolwork, maybe not so much. So here's my encouragement for you today, church, is that if you've got stuff in your life that's maybe out of sync, out of whack, if you've got rooms in your life that maybe aren't, um, Jesus doesn't have an access or areas pass. My encouragement for you is, as a result of that, what are you going to do about it? It could be a case of coming back to Jesus and thanking him for making room for us. For some of us, it could be actually organizing ourselves in a way that means that Jesus is actually a cornerstone of what we do in our day.